If you've been on a spiritual path, today's clip may intrigue you or possibly provoke you a bit. Hey, I'm Adele Wong. I work with hundreds of people around the world in creating lives and livelihoods that are really fulfilling. And under the rumblings of almost every decision, anxiety, conundrum that we as humans face on planet Earth is always an echo, a reminder of the more existential questions underneath the surface of life. And by that I mean uncertainty, the volatility of life, the seemingly randomness of things, that these things are hard for us humans to be with. And when we don't know when uncertainty surfaces or unpredictability in the face of a decision, it brings up understandably, a lot of anxiety. And that's when people reach for tools to help deal with anxiety, whether that's psychotherapy or journaling, or what I'm going to highlight in this clip is the role of religion and spiritual development. And I think it's time for a more mature conversation about what we're talking about. Um, Latest polls show that people are leaving formal organized religions more than they have in the past, and that a larger group of people are identifying as spiritual but not religious. What does that mean? Well, I'll just suggest that humans have always needed some way to cope with the vagaries of life, the uncertainties, the unpredictabilities, the is there any meaning to this? What's my purpose? Does everything happen for a random random out of the blue? Or I mean, this type of anxiety is has always been at the forefront almost with everybody's almost every decision, even relationships, livelihood. And as humans, we have needed some way to cope with these uncertainties. And that has been the role up to now that religion has played. It's just that along with some very good tools that all religions, or no religion at all, they do all contain useful tools to help you deal with your anxiety of what it means to be human. Because being human does come with a lot of anxiety. So when you look across all the religions, you will always see useful practices. Whether you call it prayer or contemplative meditation or there anything that helps people achieve peace or a sense of uh, groundedness in a chaotic world. It's very useful. So whether it's, it's something that can help people achieve a state of transcendence, perhaps, a sense of awe, connection, perhaps touching into the beauty of life, helping people feel into the magnificence, the mystery, the interconnectedness of everything, which is another word for transcendental um, connection, perhaps even a feeling of community, a feeling of belonging. 
Those are very, very useful. And every religion provides this. It's just that on top of these practices, they, they are enveloped in some other things that for many people don't always seem helpful or they just don't make sense. Um, you know, whether it's a story that seems questionable or there's no proof, nobody was here to see it, or maybe it's a faith in the supernatural, whatever. And th- th- so these tools are wrapped up amidst other things that have also caused issue. Last I read, the Gen Z tradition is rejecting a lot of formal religion because of the way religion has treated, say, the LGBTQ community or, or whatnot. But that doesn't mean they don't want the tools to help create a functional and enjoyable life. Because it is my firm opinion that in order to have a deeply rewarding and functional life, every humanoid will need tools to help cope with the instability, the randomness, the the, the unknown in life, which if you really boil down, if you go down beneath the surface and down, 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 really has to do with what is your relationship with death, with the endings of things, that these tools help us go right up to the edge of the uncertainty. Because the more you can be with the uncertainty, without shutting down, without clenching, the more you can grow and absorb into the possibilities, the courage to try something new, to know that you won't die if something doesn't work out. All of these things that bring such an existential fear in people that I will be destroyed by the unknown. And sometimes formalized religion has added on top of that, you know, whether whether it's fear of the other, fear of the devil, fear of whatever, there's always an other. Because that is a very useful way of unifying people. And religions need some sort of unification process. What if you could connect to the vastness, the mysteriousness of life, the juiciness, the awe, the beauty, the wonder, a sense of purpose. None of those things have anything to do with what religion you are. But they have everything to do with you creating a life you really enjoy, that you're proud of, that you're on purpose with. This ability to sit with the unknown of the um, things that no one has an answer for. It's why people run to psychics or maybe cling to a religion because it's a way to sort of make sense of a chaotic world. The religion provides you a framework that can feel very reassuring. Now, I am not against religion. I think it can be very useful for people, but I think the more you understand its purpose, the more you can have a healthier relationship with whatever religion or faith you are in that doesn't involve clinging to it, but more, yes, this feels right for me. 
whether it's the traditions, whether it's the community. You know, I, I had a colleague that was, she came from the Mormon faith. And she said that in the Mormon faith, a lot of people secretly already knew that there are problems with the church, whether it's corruption or power abuses or whatnot. That it's not like the followers don't know that there are some systematic problems. But they, she said, what we've done is created two sets of books. Two sets of books in our minds. One is, I'm a member of this faith because I get value in other ways, whether it's the community, whether it's the support, and I choose to be in this community. And the other book says, and I know some of this just doesn't fit me. Either I'm, I'm not really into this or I don't believe everything they tell me to believe. And, and of course, this is a very individual, personal book. There may be some tenets I agree with, others I don't. So it's like creating two sets of books because religion does provide some value. And when you are able to distinguish what's happening for you, you can then feel more open, more whole in the rela- your relationship with your faith in a way that's not so clinging to it, that people cling to religion when they feel like their life is unmanageable or I just don't want to think about those questions. I'm just going to um, listen to what I've been taught. There is value in that because this deep faith inquiry can be stressful. Let me say that again. Any sort of deep spiritual awakening process is, it can be very stressful at times because you're sort of letting go of what you always thought to be true, that you learn from someone else and you are revetting it. Like, well, how much of this does work for me? Maybe I'm not throwing out everything because if I throw out everything, what do I replace it with? And this is why I'm not exactly wild about an atheist approach to things either. Because the atheist approach is just, well, let's just tear down everything, everybody's books. They're full of myths. They don't make any sense. It's all gobbledygook. It's all superstition. But you've thrown out the baby with the bathwater that these faiths also have very useful tools in them that help people thrive, that help people tap into the vastness of life. They just do it in different ways. So if you're going to take that away, What do you have to offer in its place? And atheists often resort to a certain psychological view that, well, there is nothing. And, you know, our brains just need this stuff like a drug. And, well, then where is your sense of awe, of beauty, of love, of purpose? That, you know, these things don't come from any religious practice. But you would never say that they don't have a spiritual feeling in your life that can help you in your decision-making when you're deciding between A and B or whether to do this or that. That is very useful to tap into something greater than yourself. So that's just my perspective. So deconstructing and, and shedding what you've been taught 
And then reclaiming what works for you is part of the spiritual awakening process. In fact, I would say it's easily 65, 75% because we're unlearning and then we are reconstructing personally, each, each one of us, our own narrative, our own way that might borrow from what we were taught. There's nothing wrong with that. And when you do that, it's a much more healthy relationship. You're not just rotely believing what someone told you. You really know it. And it feels good. That's wonderful. A spiritual director would never tell you what to believe. But it is a series of questions. Now, what I find absolutely fascinating that borrows heavily from psychology is that every time I bring this topic up, <clears throat> and let's say I'm talking about the, you know, uh, I'm talking uh, to a bunch of Muslims about the Christian faith. The Muslims will say, well, yes, absolutely. You know, that's just a bunch of people who are superstitious about their book. And then when I talk to Christians about the Muslim faith, it's like, oh, yes, you know, those folks are misguided. They, they have a book that's not true. And we, we're the ones that have the, the, the true truth about things. That it is so easy to discount other people's faiths and, and, or discount all faiths except your own. That I don't mind going to the hell in someone else's book. But you know, in my book, it's a different story. Now, this is also true when I talk about things like astrology or some of the new age practices where people secretly feel that they have the way God works. It's just called new age, law of attraction, karma, um, you know, the Akashic records, whatever. that if you were to talk to Christians or Jews or Muslims about New Age practices, they would kind of perhaps say, oh, wow, those people are really misguided. But if you ask someone about their own beliefs, they are not able to see this same clinging or, you know, my my way is the right way. And, And I think this is very interesting, and it's just human nature. It's just human nature. But if we can all see that we all do it, then it doesn't feel quite as personal. You would not be in the faith you are if it didn't feel right to you. It doesn't mean anyone else's is wrong, but it's much easier to discount other people's faiths, but be unable to use the same level of inquiry on your own. So for example, I'll just poke at astrology for a moment. Many People love astrology. But when you really look at it, there is no scientific proof for astrology. If there were, we'd know it by now. You know, if you, it's very easy to prove. You could take 10 people, all born at the exact same time, in the exact location on planet Earth, and run their charts. Well, you should be able to see some commonalities. And this is, it's just, It hasn't been found to be true at all. But people believe very much in astrology. It gives them a sense of direction. And okay. And how is that any more or less valid than someone who takes guidance from the myths and the stories in the Quran or the Bible or the Torah? It's the same thing. Us as humans need to look for meaning. 
We have a spiritual need that needs to be fed. It's just been wrapped up in other things. But what if you could get the same benefits of a spiritual connection with life without some of these other things? Or if you are still um, wanting your faith, it at least feels more whole. It is it, it fits you. There's not as much of a clinging to it that it be right for you to have a happier life. That is the value of spiritual awakening, that you start to shed a lot of these things. What I see in many of my clients, they just ran from formal religion to new age, but they are imposing upon themselves the same ideas. You know, the prosperity gospel, or Prosperity gospel, I think it's called in the Christian, some Christian circles, it just became law of attraction, just called something different. And people really, really believe in some of these things that haven't really been proven. And that's fine. You know, there's no way to prove anyone's faith. If it helps you feel more connected to life, because we, we crave a sense of truth, yeah, I want to know the truth of life. In the end, the truth of life, I think we can all agree, is your own, your connection to love, your connection to being connected to all there is, compassion, awe, beauty, all these things. When we have them, we're not really worried so much about which faith somebody is. You are living your fully awakened life without having to think too much about your vibration or manifestation and, and things like that. For every one person, I, I clients that I get that um, has been successful with some of the principles of law of attraction, there are about at least 30 who have been deeply disappointed. So my just as a side note, I'll just say, and it's the same with prayer. My prayer worked. Or my prayer didn't work. You know, we, we do the best we can. Of course, it's always useful to be putting out what we would desire, what we would like. But this idea that you can bend the laws of the universe, whether, you know, if I pray this right way in Christianity, or I pray this way in Judaism or Islam or even New Age thought, it's still a human desire to try to control life. Now, are there principles of prayer, of meditation, of looking inward, contemplation, looking at what bothers you to raise your overall joy factor? Absolutely. But it's not wrapped up in a specific faith or practice or my crystals or my tarot cards or the Torah. These are just tools that humans like to use and there's nothing wrong with it. In the end, you know, it's, it's kind of like the proof is in your joyfulness in life rather than, you know, the specifics. So, and this is why trying to get other people to do your specifics doesn't always work. It just doesn't fit them. So the awakening process has nothing to do with some new age kind of woo thing or how well I read the tarot cards, or what my angel guide said. These are all ways people access 
intuition, subconscious, and yes, I do believe there is something much greater than us. It's not just psychology running all of this, as an atheist might feel. We know there's something more. We experience it. We don't need to analyze it as much as just know it and feel it and share with others. And that's enough. We can perhaps settle some of this bickering about how God really works or what is high vibration or what this crystal does. Or I mean, that stuff is not... If it's useful for you, great. But in the end, it's about reconnecting to more to life, yourself, love, and your purpose. I hope this has been useful. This has just been what's on my mind lately. If you'd like to have a conversation about this, feel free to book a a conversation through the link in the bottom of this podcast. I work with hundreds of people around the world in creating lives and livelihoods that are fulfilling. And this whole existential thing is always rumbling underneath it all. So it, it just needs space. It needs recognition. It needs a container so that you can find what's right for you instead of just taking on someone else's thoughts. Hope this helps. Thanks.